Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So glad you're joining me. I want to dive right into something that has to do with the news cycle of late. But let me zoom out and take a broad position. What I want to do in this podcast is I want to imagine that I am an advisor to the GOP. Now, I advise some GOP candidates and I advise actually some folks on the other side, too, who are close to my positions on things. Uh, but I am not uh, a Republican consultant as a whole. In other words, advising the whole party. But I I want to just imagine for a moment with you that I am advising them because of the foolishness of what's happening currently in the GOP. Let me just remind you, especially those of you who might be new, I'm right of center. I consider myself an independent. I'm not Republican, but I'm definitely a conservative. And so I'm not going at the GOP because of their fundamental positions. I'm going at the GOP a bit today because of their conduct. One of the things you need to know, and it's one of the most important truths, one of the most important trends of American politics today, is this. All of the demographic trends in the United States work against the Republican Party. Now, what do I mean by that? I know that just Trump just won an election. I realized that he activated a whole dormant part of the, of the Republican base and conservatives who weren't very politically active. I'm aware of all that. But when you look at birth rates, when you look at where the growth is, when you look at where the, uh, the migration is in American politics, when you look at ethnicity and age, and uh, as I say again, demographics and all of the things of the charts that bore most people and don't translate well into magazine articles or news stories. We don't hear a lot about it. When you look at all of the trends the experts look at, from age to skin color to culture to identity to growth to all of it, to portions of the country and, and growth there, the urbanization of our society, all of this stuff, it all works against the Republican Party long term. I'm not going to take time now to break out all the statistics, but trust me on this for the sake of this podcast. Also, you can go do some searching around on the Axios site, A-X-I-O-S. It's a a media channel I really admire, and they even have a show on HBO now, uh, and search out these things. But let me just state the macro premise again. As things currently are, As growth and geographic trends and age and uh, gender and ethnicity and immigration, all of these demographic trends, all of these different factors of what people are doing, which people groups are getting larger, which ones are being politically active, etc., etc., which ones are recessive and getting smaller. All of those facts, when they are put on a table or a chart or in uh, an expert's head, all of them lead to this conclusion. They all, every single one of them, work against the GOP as it is currently configured. Now, If I was a GOP leader, or as I'm pretending to be in this podcast, if I was advising the GOP, I would say you've got to get to work. 
To win some of these people, your conservative ideas are good ideas in the opinion of this podcaster. And so you aren't selling them. You're not showing them what a free market does. You're not showing them um, that some of the fastest, one of the fastest growing economic segments in America are, are blacks making, making millions. Um, you're not showing them how Asians have risen. You've not shown them how uh, economic uplift has happened for certain ethnicities. You've not shown them what a free market, yes, protected by law, uh, can, can do for women. You're not making your case. Instead, what the GOP is doing is becoming an echo chamber and an apologist organization for Donald Trump. And this is going to work against exactly what you need to be doing to win elections in the future. In other words, I sit here as a man who's not a huge Trump fan, but I am a conservative. Therefore, I'm grateful for what he's doing, uh, even though I realize that his manner and his style and a lot of what he allows is working against us. But as, as this pretended advisor to the GOP uh, that I'm acting like in this podcast, I would be waving red flags and say, stop, stop, stop. You, what you're doing, the way you're rushing to Trump's defense, the way you're defending everything from the sexual abuse of women uh, to the uh, leaning, the, uh, the sounding like racist kinds of statements. I'm not going to sit here and judge the man's heart, but I am going to say he's allowing himself to appear as a racist. When the GOP leadership rushes to the microphones to defend him, they actually exacerbate these trends that are working against them with women, with people of color, with immigrants, etc. Now, obviously, what I'm referring to is this recent situation where the squad, you've, you've heard this phrase before, and I'm going to use that shorthand today, the squad that involves four very left-leaning female congresswomen, uh, and they are the most left-leaning, and they are outspoken, and they despise Trump. Uh, some are Muslim, some are not, but, but all of them are outspoken against Trump, and they have all made what I believe to be at least clumsily, clumsy, if not just uh, horribly misguided statements about America and about Israel and about free markets and about corporations. They are extremely left-leaning. In fact, I'm not sure they'd be upset if I just said they are outright socialists. Okay, so there they are in Congress. Well, as you well know, what has happened is that the chant in Republican circles encouraged by Donald Trump is send them back. And the message has been, and this comes out of Trump, Trump's tweeting, send these people back to where they came from. Well, the fact is that uh, one of them was born in the Bronx. So where, how are you going to send them back? And sh she's even had fun saying, sure, send me back to the Bronx. I would love that. Uh, some of them are immigrants because you can't, well, you can't be the president of the United States. You can be in Congress if you are an immigrant after you've been here a certain period of time. Uh, and so this, this chant coming out of Trump's tweets that's been picked up by Trump's crowds at rallies, send them back, send them back, uh, has begun to sort of define them, brand the Republican Party. Well, here's the problem with this. First of all, it is the kind of nasty, racist, bigoted language that has been used against blacks for generations. Send them back to Africa. Send them back to where they came from, which, of course, is unbelievably insulting. I mean, I mean, most uh, blacks, 
uh, in America descend from people who have been in this country longer than most whites. In other words, my point is that since blacks arrived here originally in 1619, for heaven's sakes, and were shipped over, most of them, the, the families represented now before the Civil War, um, and, and yet a huge portion of white immigration came later in history, the whole Ellis Island experience as an example, and then more recently, uh, you have African-American families that have been here many more generations and that feel keenly their connection to America and are deeply patriotic. And I could go on forever about that. So to turn to them in a racist rage and say, send them back is absurd. By the way, that's not the kind of country we are. That's why the Statue of Liberty stands there in New York. That's, that's why the Emma Lazarus poem says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. That's why we are the kind of country that we are. So all of a sudden we have the GOP chanting to three, yes, in my opinion, politically irritating women, politically irritating, but I'm not upset that they're women or some of them are Muslim or that they're even left-leaning uh, or that they're people of color. I don't despise them for any of those reasons. That, that, that's fine. Uh, I, I don't agree with their politics, but you can't yell at them, send them back. That is a bigoted, racist, bubba, angry, un-American response. And that it's encouraged by the president of the United States is just ridiculous. Well, remember now, I'm wearing, trying to wear the hat. I'm trying not to get personal. I'm trying to wear the hat of a GOP advisor. And so when the GOP leadership rushes to the microphones to defend what Trump is saying because they're angry at the squad, they're angry at these three women, they're angry at them, they don't like them, they don't like who they are, they don't like what they represent, they probably don't like that they're women, uh, they don't like their politics, and they may not write like in some cases behind the scenes, behind their eyes, their ethnicity. When they speak to them this way and they defend Trump, well, they're just exacerbating the statistical problems, the demographic problems the GOP already has. And by the way, more important than just winning elections is that they're being bigoted and they're being biased and they're chanting something that's been used as a racist attack for years. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody who uh, has defended Trump is automatically a racist. I think we need to be careful about using that word. Um, racist means you hate people based on race. Well, if they, sh if they hate people based on politics, of course, I would suggest that they not hate, but that's different. They're not being careful. So what they're doing is they are sounding racist. They are sounding like they're an echo chamber for Trump. And they're echoing a chant, a challenge, uh, a slur that has been used against African-Americans for generations. It's wrong. It's bigoted. It's not anything an American should say to anyone uh, in this country, except maybe criminals who snuck across the border. We can say to them, go back, send them back. You know, ICE, please send them back. That, that, that at least makes some legal sense. But we shouldn't be saying that in politics. We shouldn't be saying that to people of color. We shouldn't be saying that to women. Quite frankly, we shouldn't be saying that to anyone in the country uh, other than criminals and illegal people who are illegal in some way. So all of that is to say that when the GOP leadership steps to the mic and echoes the adolescent tweeting of Donald Trump because he's angry at these people, we are ex the, the GOP is exacerbating, deepening its demographic crisis that is the, one of the biggest things looming in its future. And it is modeling for the entire nation 
un-American, nominally racist rhetoric that ought not be used. And by the way, I'll give you a little bit of my value system. I don't think we should speak this way of people who who have been elected to office. I have a lot of respect for congressmen and senators, even though I disagree with them. I, I think Ms. Cortez is just uh, just as ill-advised as she can be. She won a primary, uh, ended up t- taking office basically on the basis of winning a primary with a very small margin. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's factually inaccurate almost all the time. Uh, you know, I often joke with my friends that, you know, these, these, these videos she does from her dorm room... <laughs> are some of the most ill-advised things I've ever seen. So I'm not a big fan of hers. But if I see her, or if I had speak of her in, in media, on Fox or CNN or something, I speak of her with respect. Why? She's a United States Congresswoman. And I respect that, that she accomplished that, though I, I don't have much respect for her political opinions. And I hope she gets run out in the next election. But you speak of them with respect. Okay, all of that, having said all of that, my biggest problem with the way the GOP is responding is that all of the way that we are responding to the squad, the GOP is responding to the squad, indicates that they are insecure about answering their policy positions and their challenges to GOP policies. In other words, what you want to do is defeat them with your ideas. What you want to do is show them what you're capable of, show them what you believe, show them uh, their intellectual poverty, Uh, stand them down. These three ladies, whatever their other gifts, and I'm sure they have them, are basically socialists. They lean anti-Semitic. They are They would nationalize entire industries. They are crass. They are rude. They are uninformed. They know little about American history. Well, take them on at that level. Take them on at that level. Uh, Argue with them. Show them the superiority of conservative ideas. Invoke Burke. Invoke Reagan. Invoke the founding fathers. Show them the power of words. Show them the power of a free market system. Show them the rule of law. Show them that nationalizing industries has not worked. Uh, Shame them for their anti-Semitism. But don't reveal hate. First of all, don't feel it at all. I'm just saying that to you as a, as a guy who's concerned about people's souls and as a Christian, don't hate, number one. And number two, don't let that be the lead thing that's, that's seen publicly. You're just inspiring hate nationwide. But you're also showing an embarrassing unwillingness to take on the ideas of these people and their ideas are paper thin. It's, it's an age of women, and I celebrate that. And so these women uh, have a broader platform than they probably would have had in any other time in American history. But you can stand them down with respect. You can defeat them in the battle place, in the marketplace of ideas, while still showing respect for them being elected, respect for them being women, even respect for them rising as immigrants. I respect those who came from Somalia and in a generation that put somebody in, in Congress. That's, that's an American story. That's something we used to make movies about. I can respect all of that while I find their left-leaning anti-Semitism to be absurd and vile, and I can expose it. GOP, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. Every demographic trend in this country is working against you. When you become apologists for the most adolescent tweeting of Donald Trump, you are deepening those divides, deepening that opposition against you. Be better than that. 
distance yourself somewhat from the negative side of Donald Trump, celebrate the positive side of what he does in his administration, and take on the ideas. If we can't answer the socialism of AOC, uh, then we shouldn't be in office. If we can't stand down the the textbook recently acquired socialism of a 20-something, then we don't deserve to be in office. We don't deserve to have authority. And you have good ideas. And you've done good things. And the free market and the rule of law and a strong defense and conservative values have meant a great deal to this country. Stand up for them and stop being insecure and stop letting emotional teenagers knock you off balance. GOP, we need for you to begin to explain your values, not just fight narrow political battles, not just hate Nancy Pelosi, not just go after Schumer. Tell us what conservatives believe. Bring to the fore the great American ideas. Bring those up again. Trump's not going to do it. Most people in his administration aren't going to do it. And of the vast majority of Americans have not been taught that in our very left-leaning schools. We need for you to stand up now. But to chant that people ought to go back to Africa, which is basically what you're saying, and to chant that the, and to just speak ill of them as though they are to be shot and discarded is the worst of conservative. It, can, it confirms every suspicion that conservatives basically are Nazis in a suit. And of course, that's not true, but we're not making the case. So with my GOP consultants hat on, I say, stop becoming a Trump echo chamber. Celebrate the good things he does. Distance yourself from the adolescence. Realize that your days are numbered unless something changes and begin to present the value of conservative ideas to the rest of America, not just, and of course, this is the bias against you, the white country club set. We both, we all know that that's not just where conservative ideas have worked, but that's not what they're being taught down at the public school. That's not what they're being taught in the university. And that's not what the left-leaning press is letting people know. So you have to get it done. And celebrating that somebody is chanting to send some ethnic uh, female congresswomen back to something, I guess the Bronx or something, is stupid, immoral, un-American, and as a Christian, I would say sin. Now, get on with it. Defend our ideas. Teach our ideas. Speak of the power of the great American body of truths. And let's change this generation. And stop descending into something just shy of a KKK kind of approach to American politics. You're better than that. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.